Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. One of the Buddha's teachings can be translated into three words in English. He said, change your mind. Walking through a field of dragonflies with his teacher, a student of the Japanese poet, Basho, composed this haiku. Red dragonflies remove their wings, and they are pepper pods. Bashol told his student this was not a true haiku, and on the spot corrected it. Red dragonflies add wings, and they are pepper pods. Here they are again, the student, red dragonflies remove their wings, and they are pepper pods. The teacher, red dragonflies, add wings, and they are pepper pods. A haiku taught Basho is not just a technical construction. It must break open a moment of insight, bathing a familiar object in a new light, or revealing something that invites new meanings. Change your mind. The mudra, or hand gesture for change your mind, is simply this, and you can do it with me if you'd like. Your right thumb touches your left forefinger, and your left thumb touches your right forefinger. And you can drop that into your lap and just sit like that. Just sit like that. Close your eyes a little bit. You can rest your eyes. Breathe and wait. And if you find yourself really up against it, stuck, in need of a break, a new perspective, you can try this. You can do it anywhere. Just finger to thumb, finger to thumb. Something will shift an opening. Change your mind. There are many wonderful Zen teaching tales under this heading. Here's one of my favorites. Out for a walk in the mountains, a man encountered a tiger. Terrified, he grabbed a thick vine, let himself down over the edge of a cliff, and dangled above the abyss. Just above him, the tiger paced and growled with hunger. Looking down, trying to judge if he could jump to a ledge and then find a way to the bottom, he spotted another tiger. Perhaps he thought he could wait them out. Surely they'd leave for easier prey. But as he hung there, suspended between the tigers, two mice appeared from a hole in the cliff and began to gnaw on his vine. He tried to shoo them away to no avail. Isn't life like that sometimes? 
Just then, the man noticed a succulent, wild strawberry growing out of the cliff wall. He plucked it and popped it into his mouth. Delicious. The moral, even if we are dangling above an abyss, tigers above and tigers below, we can still taste the sweetness of life. Change your mind. Speaking of tigers, please forgive this segue. Um, <laughs> speaking of tigers, um, on December 15th, Angalifu, which is one of only six northern white rhinos, died of old age. Amazingly, 15 days earlier, Ian Player, the man responsible for saving the white rhino from extinction, died at the age of 87. Reading Ian Player's obituary in the Washington Post, I fell in love with him. The son of a white Johannesburg gold miner, Ian Player left school at 16 to fight with the Allied forces and saw combat in Italy. He returned from the war, he said, a lost soul. He went to work for the South African Park Service. I will never forget my first view of a white rhino, he wrote. I was in the Umfolozi Game Reserve in 1952. It was a misty morning and I was looking into a patch of bush when two white rhinos came looming out of the mist with steam rising from their flanks and their backs. Something within me was deeply touched by this primeval scene and I had an intuitive flash that somehow my life would be bound up with these great prehistoric animals. There were 437 white rhinos left in South Africa. Ian Player became determined to save them. Conservation is not a plaything or a luxury, he said. It is survival. We must experience wilderness. He foresaw the economic value of preserving nature, advocating for what is now called ecotourism. Instead of hunting parties, Ian Player organized outings on which visitors to the park could view wildlife in their natural habitat. And he was also a supporter of black culture in South Africa. His closest friend was a Zulu park ranger named Makubu Nombolela, who taught him how to track animals in the bush. The wilderness has no perception of race, Ian Player said. That is where the inner change takes place. Change your mind. All she has is a wonderful story by writer Connie Ellison about the fears she has for her seven-year-old daughter, Jean, who learns slowly and has behavioral challenges. At a particularly low moment, Jean comes home from school in tears, having noticed that she is the only student whose work isn't featured on a bulletin board. Connie Ellison writes, I'd like to believe 
that with enough educational therapists, visits to the doctor, experimenting with different medications for ADHD, and drill, practice, and patience at home, I can turn my gene into a valedictorian, a teacher's dream kid, the whiz kid who gets everything right and never colors outside the lines. But I can't. And every failure is yet another blow to Gene, as well as to me. Later, Connie Ellison is trying to get Gene to focus on the weather map in the newspaper, something for science homework. But Gene is distracted by a photo of a woman with two kittens in her arms, tears streaming down her face. Distraught, Jean insists on a diversion from the curriculum. She wants her mother to read her the article about poor Mrs. Hamilton, whose house has been struck by lightning and burned to the ground. All is lost, except, miraculously, the kittens. The church, it says, is taking up a collection. Connie Ellison promises her daughter that they can drop off a donation. The next day, the Ellisons arrive at church, and Jean runs to find the minister. In her hands is her keepsake box and a hand-drawn card decorated with rainbows and smiley faces. And in creative spelling, the note says, Mrs. Hamilton, I am saving money for you. I pray for you. I love you, Jean. Inside her precious box is $8.54, every penny the child has saved for things she imagined she wanted. What she wanted was for Mrs. Hamilton to be happy. At this unbridled gesture of generosity, Connie Ellison realizes that Jean is indeed her dream child. Change your mind. Six years ago, artist Pedro Reyes went to the city of uh, Culiacan in his native Mexico, a city rife with drugs and violent crime. Through radio and television ads, he put out the call for people to turn in their guns in exchange for government-sponsored vouchers for household appliances. 1,527 semi-automatic weapons Rifles, pistols, shotguns were thrown in the path of an army tank, then flattened by a steamroller driven by Pedro Reyes while people cheered and wept. Then he melted down the ruined guns and fashioned from them 1,527 shovels. The shovels are now a traveling exhibit. Wherever it goes, people plant trees with the goal of 1,527 new trees in Culiacan. Two years ago, he was added again. This time, more than 6,700 weapons were exchanged, and Carlos Reyes collaborated with six musicians to create an orchestra of musical instruments, clarinets, drums, lutes, marimbas, trumpets, violins, and in each one, you can still see some part of the gun, barrel, handle, magazine, trigger. Composers were commissioned and there ensued the great transformation from terrible to beautiful. Zach Pedigo is a graduate student in jazz at the University of South Florida. He is playing a bass. 
The neck is made from a double-balanced shotgun. Curved magazines from AK-47 rifles form the body of the guitar. To me, he says, the concept is about taking weapons that are destructive and chaotic by nature and trying to make them for something else. So instead of objects of destruction, they become objects of creation. Pedro Reyes writes, it's important to consider that many lives were taken with these weapons. As if a sort of exorcism were taking place, the music expels the demons they held as well as making a requiem for lives lost. Since we cannot stop the violence only at the place where the weapons are used, but also where they are made, this is also a call to action. Change your mind. Beloved spiritual companions, as we welcome this new year, touching right thumb to left forefinger and left thumb to right forefinger, let us rest, breathe, and wait for an opening. Moments of insight and new meanings. Tigers above, and tigers below, may we taste the sweetness of life. Change your mind. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.